Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be with Stephen Sashin from ZeroShoes.com. You might recognize him from his appearance on Shark Tank with his amazing wife. Stephen, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. Uh, my hair was down at the time. So, you know, people might be fooled by that. That is true. That is a possibility. So let's go back in time a little bit because you've got a fascinating story. How did you start Zero Shoes? We're going back in time. Doodly doo. Uh, so let's see. About 13 years ago, when I was 45, I got back into sprinting after a 30 year break. Um, and I was getting injured pretty much constantly. And a friend of mine who's a world champion runner, which in Boulder, Colorado, where I was living, uh, that's like saying just my neighbor because there's world champion runners everywhere. Anyway, he said, why don't you try running barefoot and see if you learn anything about why you're getting injured? And what I learned in short was why I was getting injured and more importantly, how to stop getting injured. And so by the changes that I made from running barefoot, uh, my injuries went away. I became faster. I became a master's all-American sprinter. Technically, for men over my age, I'm 58 right now, for men over 55, you might be talking to the fastest Jew in the world. Not, not a lot of competition for that one. Uh, and so I, I wanted that kind of barefoot natural movement experience as much as I could have it. And so I started making sandals based on this 10,000-year-old idea, basically something to protect your foot, something to hold that on your foot. And um, other people wanted their sandals and they told two friends and they told two friends. And then one day this guy says, I'm writing a book on barefoot running. If you had a website for the sandal making hobby of yours, I'd, I'd put you in the book. So I rush home and I pitch this incredible opportunity to my wife, who is a brilliant woman and assured me that it was a complete waste of time and a total, something I definitely shouldn't do. And I'm a good husband. So I agreed with her and I'm a typical husband. So after she went to bed, I built a website. <laughs> and um, and it just took off. We thought it would be a car payment, but here we are 11 years and a couple of weeks later, and we've helped you know, hundreds of thousands of people in over 97 countries experience the fun and benefits of letting your body work the way it's supposed to work with uh, casual and performance shoes, boots, and sandals that people wear for everything from taking a walk to running ultra marathons. That is absolutely fascinating. And I'm sure the longer version is in a book somewhere, or if it isn't, it should be. <laughs> um, that would assume that I have enough time to write that down, but I get your point. That's a good point. Or hire an amazing ghostwriting team. Yes. All right. Oh, fascinating. I wonder where I might find one of those. I bet you we can make a recommendation or two. All I'm right. Sure you could. So you started making the sandal. They started out as sandals, not running shoes, even though you were running. 
Well, we started out as a do-it-yourself sandal kit company. So we were basically buying big sheets of rubber that we were cutting into smaller sheets of rubber and buying, going around to every Home Depot within 50 miles of here and buying this one particular cord that they had and then selling that with instructions on how to make this old sandal. Now, people, human beings have been running in sandals for all, as long as there have been human beings practically. And so I was running in these. I mean, that, we were originally a barefoot running sandal company. That was the inspiration. Uh, in fact, the real inspiration in a way was my experience combined with this book called Born to Run, which came out in 2009, that talked about the Tarumara Indians who run in sandals for sometimes hundreds of miles at a time, well into their 70s, uh, injury-free, and they make them out of scraps of tire and just leather strapped around their ankle. And it was sort of my version of that. And that's what we did for three and a half years. It was went from sandal making kit to people saying, hey, I don't want to do it, do it on my own. So we did a ready to wear version of that same idea to, you know, and everything has grown based on customers telling us, Hey, I love what you're doing and I need some other thing. And so that's how it's really evolved. That is absolutely fascinating. Now uh, we're going to jump ahead a little bit. You recently, you had the opportunity to be on shark tank. Talk a little bit about that experience, especially given the fact that you turned down um, the $400,000. So, uh, Getting on the show was great for us in a lot of ways. The biggest one, there's actually two that are surprising that I'll tell you. One that I don't really talk about very much. Uh, the first one was that, it, that at the time, this is at about the two and a half year mark that we were in the company. So we, when we started it, we thought this will be a car payment. And it very quickly turned into our full-time job, uh, like within weeks. And then within a couple of months, you know, we had a trajectory that we were heading down based on some people we met who'd been in footwear for almost 40 years, and they were giving us some guidance at one not. Anyway, we we applied, we got on the show, however the hell that happened. And but and the thing that it allowed us to do, or that it forced us to do, is really get clear about what we were doing, why we were doing it, and what we were in relationship to the business. And that's when it really you know, all these things combined, um, Shark Tank, these advisors that we were working with, what response we were seeing out in the world is when we, we knew we were A, onto something and we were out to try and change the world. And we're, that's our, become our mission. I mean, we're, what we're doing fundamentally, we're helping people rediscover that natural movement, and we can talk more about that in a bit, is the obvious, better, healthy choice, the way people think of it as natural food. And we know we're up against hundreds of billions of dollars people who will try and tell you that that we're wrong despite the fact that they have zero evidence for it and we have tons of evidence for what we do so the focus was a really big deal um the second thing was we just worked really hard at figuring out what we had to do with our business and what we had to do to prepare to be on the show. We rehearsed with a bunch of people who pretended to be the sharks who were vicious. We spoke to bankers and investors and people who sold companies and bought companies, um, venture capital guys and private equity guys and private people to figure out that weird combination you have to do with Shark Tank of what you're asking, what's your offer. <clears throat> because you don't want to ask for two, wait, you don't want to offer, well, you don't want the amount that you're giving away, the equity you're giving away to be too small or they don't take you seriously. Right. So yeah, we, we know that with Shark Tank, there's this weird thing you have to do about making the offer and the ask just right. If you offer them too little equity, they don't take you seriously. If you offer them too much, the only way to go is that they're going to end up controlling your company. If you ask for too little money, it's useless. If you ask for too much money, then you know they don't, they're not interested as well. They think you have your head up your butt. So figuring out that balance was tricky. We knew we were negotiable. We knew what good numbers were for companies like ours because we had heard valuations 
anywhere between 2 million and 10 million. And so we knew that if we came in somewhere in the middle and we knew how negotiable we were, we were very clear what our yes and no range was. And that's super, super important. And we just knew the rest of our numbers inside out and backwards. And that's also super important. Um, the, you know, it's funny <clears throat> when people say things about wanting to be on the show, I go, well, why do you think you'd be good for the sharks? They go, well, I'm really passionate. It was like, they don't care. Everybody's passionate. That's irrelevant. So if you say that, you'll look like an idiot. Don't do that. Just know your numbers really, really well. Know what your market is really, really well. So, so anyway, that was the prep for the show. In in the couple of weeks prior to being on, I don't think Lena and I said anything to each other other than what our first 60 second pitch was going to be. I mean, we just went over it, over it, over it. And the joke is that when we got on the show, uh, uh, Robert interrupted like two seconds in. So you think that it, it looks like a conversation when you see the show, but it's really just a it's a free for all. You know, one of the sharks asks you a asks you five questions. You're answering number three. One of the others asks you ten questions. And if you switch, that one gets mad. And if you don't switch, that one gets mad. And I think some of it is because they're not paying attention to each other. Some they're trying to get airtime. Some they're trying to throw you off. So it's it is so not the way it seems. The one thing that's helpful is you don't see cameras. So if you saw the cameras, you know that would be freaky. And the sharks are unnaturally far away from you. So there's this weird thing where you're trying to project more than you otherwise would. And, and then the other thing about the show, uh, other than the fact that it's edited, and many people don't know that, they think it's live, which it's not, um, is that, how do I want to describe it? It's, um, boy, oh boy. Uh, well, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I enjoy it. I, I like being under that kind of pressure and that kind of scrutiny and having conversations. We hit every objection they had out of the park so far, and you don't see that on the show, that at one point, Robert jumps out of his chair and yells at us. He goes, you have a perfect answer for every yes, question. I remember that. Yeah. And and I looked at him kind of incredulously and said, is our business. So um, it's all, you know, just really kind of wacky. And as we walked off the, the show, uh, we're going out the hall and I just went, wow, that is not what I expected. We we thought for a number of reasons that we'd get a whole bunch of offers. We knew Robert was a runner. We knew Mark actually understood what we were doing because he had worked with another company that was in our space. We, Damon understands footwear and apparel. Um, uh, Barbara, you know, we thought she'd kind of like the kind of beachy sandal thing of what we were doing. And Kevin is the one who made an offer. We, were, we had the least confidence that he would be interested. In fact, the one thing that um, Lena and I still debate is I remember her saying something to him that she doesn't remember saying. I remember that when he made his offer, which was 400 grand, but instead of the 8% we were offering, he was gonna uh, uh, ask for 50%, or he did ask for 50%. Lena says, and she doesn't remember this, says, so are you bringing anything to the table other than money? And he says, well, you know, I'm a smart businessman. I got a big Rolodex. I remember her responding to that by saying, so nothing? <laughs> <laughs> which you know was, was brilliant. But the the last part I want to share, or actually the one part I want to share that's interesting is that in the time after you tape till the time you air, if you air, is totally stressful because you don't know if you're going to air or if you do when and what you need to do to prepare for that. So it's crazy. We figured the end of December, nothing was going to happen. So we took a vacation and went to visit friends in Ecuador, thanks to the magic of frequent flyer points. And while we were there is when we got the email saying, you're going to be on in three weeks. It's like, ah, so, you know, we're using spotty internet in Ecuador to try and do all this PR and all this prep. And, um, and then we were the first, uh, uh, company that was mentioned in all the pitch for our episode, but we were the last sh the last one to air. 
And we knew people who'd been in the pitch and then never aired. So until we saw our faces on TV, we didn't know if we were going to be on TV and we had all these people around and that was going to be, you know, really embarrassing. So the last two things I'll say, airing was tremendous. Our website crashed. Um, once we got things back up, we ended up doing about three months worth of business in the week following the show, uh, which was great. And then there was this weird uh, ancillary benefit that I'll, I'll mention because it's just kind of fun. It's personal. Um, I how do I want to put this. Um, I don't have this thing about wanting to please my parents. That was just not my thing. But my parents invited all their friends over and they're they very socially conscious. And all their friends watched the show and all their friends were really impressed, which looked really good for my parents. So even though that's not my thing, right. I was actually really happy to be able to give them that gift of something that was important to them, you know, a little social standing. And, and that really, um, that did a lot for them and, uh, and, and for their friends. And, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful to the show about that. And so that's, that, that's basically the, the gist of the experience. If you have anything else, I'm, 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 uh, I have no secrets. Understood. And I appreciate that. And that there are a number of lessons to be learned in that fascinating story I want to go back to the competition aspect because not mm. only do you have competition from other shoe companies telling them that you're wrong, you also yeah. now have other companies who are saying that you're right and that are emulating, copying, also doing similar things. Yeah. How do you differentiate yourself from the other barefoot type yeah. of footwear companies? Well, let me, I'm going to back up a little bit. So, you know, what got Robert to jump out of his chair and yell at me was when at one point he said, you know, what do you think about your competition? Which at that point was Vibram and their five toe shoes or their five finger shoes, what they call them. And I said, oh, they just created a wave of awareness and we're surfing on the wave. So I'm a big fan of competition because it just increases the awareness of what we're doing. In fact, when we started with our DIY sandal company, there was one other guy doing something similar, but he wasn't treating it very seriously. I mean, he admitted, no, your order might take a month till I get to it. And so I emailed him and told him what we were doing. And he said, I don't know if I should be happy or cry. I said, you should be ecstatic because I'm a much better marketer than you are. It's going to bring a lot of awareness to what you're doing. It's going to make you more money than you ever thought was possible. And years later at a trade show, I bumped into him. I said, was I right? He goes, yeah. <laughs> so, awesome. so I feel the same way fundamentally about the competition. I'm all for it. And the way we're distinguishing ourselves and differentiating ourselves uh, depends on which company we're talking with. And so for the minimalist natural movement companies, we are the only one that has a really complete line of shoes, boots, and sandals. We're more affordable. Um, our designs are arguably better than most. Um, and we we make our shoes, um, most regular running shoes, they say they have a, that you should uh, replace them every three to 500 miles because they wear out. Our soles have a 5,000 mile sole warranty. So when you put a bunch of these things together, the affordability, the, the different um, product line, the durability, um, that's what differentiates us. Awesome. And you mentioned something music to our ears about being a better marketer. How have you marketed your differentiated product better to get the amazing success you've had? What are some of those ways you've been able to do that? Well, the real question is, what aren't we doing? So I've been an internet marketer since 1992. So um, while some people say you should focus on one thing and do that one thing, that's not how my mind works. I just want to be everywhere, do everything. So the biggest thing that started out was just uh, a SEO. So that's, that was my background. I was literally one of the first guys to ever teach SEO back in 1993. And so that was how I got started. In fact, we were starting an SEO business 
when zero issues happen. I, what I said to Lena after she growled at me in the morning after I showed her the website that I built is we could just make this a case study for our SEO business. I could own all the keywords I care about in three months because everyone who's there now is there by accident. And I was totally mistaken. It only took me six weeks. And, um, and for a while, like for the first six months of 2010, if you did a search for any keyword I cared about, I had at least 40 of the top 50 results either directly on our site or sites that I controlled. And then the second thing I did is I made videos showing how to make these sandals where you didn't need me. I gave away the farm. I moved what they refer to as moving the free line. Here's what you charge for, yeah. give it away for free and you know do something else. So I just gave away everything. Those videos have, have gotten millions of views now when you put it all together. Um, that was number two. So the the third thing I did was again, just really organic because we had no money. We, we didn't, we weren't putting any money into this. We were just doing this kind of on a whim. I found any place that people were talking about this whole idea of natural movement, of barefoot running, the book born to run. And I, and this is going to be a critical sentence. I participated in the conversation and added value. I didn't try to steal traffic. I didn't try to, you know, just sell things. I, I, I'm a runner. I've been doing this whole thing. I knew what, I could do to be useful in the conversation. And oh yeah, in the signature that I had, it's by the way, if you wanna try this out and you know get materials at a better price than you're gonna get them, here's our website. That was really all I did. Um, we couldn't actually do any paid advertising for a long time because by the end of 2010, the big shoe companies were coming in with products they were calling barefoot or calling minimalist that were nothing of the sort. And the cost for paid advertising, the cost for clicks was through the roof. In fact, we had a customer who worked on the paid advertising side at Google. He was a VP for AdWords and he did a big evaluation and came back and said, you can't make any money doing this. There's absolutely no way. I mean, first of all, we had an inexpensive product, 25 bucks and clicks were like $3 each. So there was no way to do that. So we really focused on organic. Now, again, luckily, uh, people have life-changing experiences when they wear a product. And so there was just a ton of user-generated content coming in that we started capitalizing on as well. And we started using that. And we were, I, we jumped on every social media platform that existed that was worth being on at the time. And we were really, again, just very actively involved in the conversations. Um, that was the big thing. One, we finally started to be able to um, spend money on advertising. It was only maybe three, four years ago was when click costs got good enough, our product line expanded enough, some prices were high enough, you put it all together that we could do that. And since then we do a lot of that. We do a lot of paid advertising, but organic and word of mouth and user generated is still uh, the number one thing that drives sales for us. That is absolutely fascinating. For our folks who are watching or listening and wanna learn more about Zero Shoes, where is the best place for us to send them to learn about you and the company? You might find this shocking, our website, zeroshoes.com, which is xeroshoes.com. And if your computer accidentally changes that to zeroshoes.com, it wouldn't surprise you too much to know that I eventually bought that domain and that redirects to us. So don't worry about it. Awesome, thank you so much. This has been Seth Green for Sharkpreneur with Steven from zeroshoes.com. Steve, thanks so much. Thanks, Seth. Thanks everybody for watching or listening and we'll talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 
727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free Perfect Pitch Cheat Sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.